Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson from Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to the podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and click subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Today we find ourselves in Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. Now Acts chapter 6 details the birth of what is herein a new area of ministry that was born within the church. This is the ministry of the deacon. Now it seems this birth was, like many, a ministry formed out of necessity and even out of crisis. (laughs) Sometimes uh, those are the best moves we can make. Satan comes against believers on many levels. And because of such, we can oftentimes barricade the front door well, while Satan is sneaking in the back. We can easily find ourselves fighting a war on multiple battlefronts. Now, Satan, he had begun to attack the church, not just from the outside, but now from within. In fact, historically, Satan has had some of his greatest achievements causing division and strife from inside the body of believers. Now, in verse 1, we read, Now, in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplying, a complaint arose from the Hellenists against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily service. Now, you need a little bit of historical background here, because the Hellenists that are spoken of herein, these are Greek Jews. Now, they are, and were, indeed Jews. But they were raised, and they lived, and they spoke Greek. So these Hellenists, they found themselves now in a unique and sometimes odd position, just like the modern church today does. Side by side, they found themselves with people who are much different than they are. Now, even with that being true, they were still firmly with the Palestinian Jews. Now, those Jews, the Palestinian Jews, that is, they spoke Aramaic. And they used the old Hebrew, uh, excuse me, the Hebrew Old Testament as their scripture. Now, in such a scenario, there was obviously issues to consider. No, indeed, they were brothers and sisters in Christ, but there was still a natural animosity that's going to tend to surface if it was tested. Certainly, the church today experiences these same issues. It's easy to feel that, well, the college ministry gets more attention, or, or the children in the church are the focus. But you know what? The reality is today... It takes all parts of the body to be a whole. In the Jewish culture, you need to understand that women did not hold high status at all. For one thing, they did not receive inheritance and thus were often completely dependent upon their husbands or some other relative. So the church, albeit even in their infant state, had stepped forward to care for those that were widows and had no family to care for them. And Indeed, it was a blessed attempt, but certainly one that quickly ran into some practical issues. Verse 12 says, The twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not appropriate for us to forsake the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, select from among you brothers, seven men of good report, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will continue steadfastly in prayer and in the ministry of the word. Now, the apostles, they moved here to do what was necessary. They clearly knew that uh, they could not humanly fill all the needs of the church. Rather, 
they would need the full participation of the whole body in order to make the church operate as it should. Now, this wasn't an issue of status, and it certainly wasn't an issue of who's the most important. Rather, it was simply a logistical issue, one that was born out of necessity. As any church grows, decisions must be made in order to meet the needs of the body while still achieving the goals and the visions of that fellowship. In any time we attend a church for what we can receive instead of what we can supply, well, we relegate that family, that organization, if you will, to the status of, well, a grocery store. The apostles, now they clearly understood what they individually were called upon to do for God. They knew what the place in the body of Christ was for each of them and what they were supposed to be doing firstly. They understood what their priorities were personally. See the language of the word serve here in the original? This is where we find our word deacon. Verse 5 says, The words, these words, pleased the whole multitude. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. The apostles, it seems, were blessed to be shepherds over a flock that not only understood these decisions, but furthermore, they supported them, not only in theory, but also in action. Several men were chosen to fill this servant role. And it was a role that was no less important to the success of the body, no less crucial to the spread of the gospel. However, let us take note that these men, they were not elected individuals. Rather, they were chosen by God first and then confirmed by men. What was the criteria for these appointments? Well, the Bible says they had to be men of good reputation, spirit-filled, and faithful. Now, this passage in Acts as well as further qualifiers in 1 Timothy, tell us that such men are not to be chosen for position without first being tested. This calls upon the greater church today to wisely practice, I think, the same prerequisites for all positions within the church. The receivers of the blessings from the hands of these men rightfully expected them to fulfill and faithfully fulfill their duties. Thus, Those who oversaw this service were rather cautious in their choosing, just as we need to be today. If these criteria are held in every ministry, then it's really easy to choose who God has laid his uh, his, uh, spirit upon. One only needs to add some patient time, quote unquote, to the situation in order to recognize just who God has indeed chosen. For these traits, they're not manifested for any real amount of time unless they are a reality in that individual according to God. Verse 6, Whom they set before the apostles, when they prayed, they laid hands on them. After they prayed, the apostles laid hands on them. They did not pray that these candidates be filled with the Spirit, for the text tells us that they already were filled with the Spirit. Nor did they act to pass on any kind of real or even imaginary power. No apostolic succession in play here. To lay hands on an individual in the days of the New Testament actually was merely, and and I don't say that lightly, but it was an act of confirmation of ministry. That's all. In other words, they saw in that person 
that God had already called them to that ministry. It was a sign of agreement with the call of God upon a person. They prayed first, seeking verification from God that what they were seeking was a true reflection of the heart and the commitment of that individual. And lastly, today, verse 7 says, the word of God increased. Do you catch that? Because of what they've done, because they were faithful, the word of God increased. And going on, it says, and the number of the disciples greatly multiplied in Jerusalem. A great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. So it seems that because of the harmony and the unity within this church, the word of God spread. Because of the harmony and the unity in this group of believers, the number of disciples grew. You see, the key to a true and blessed growth in a particular church, you know, that's it's no mystery. Because there will always be certain traits and characteristics found in that kind of a church, two of which is the crucial issues of unity and harmony. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dotson. To learn more about Tim Dotson or Believers Church, visit believerstogether.com.